Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Voice Memos. I'm your host, Kara, and I want to unpack the postgrad life so far. I'm not going to sit here and act like I miss school. <laughs> I truly don't, but it's setting in now that this is the new reality, and I'm feeling a little lost. So quick spark notes on what we're covering today. I guess just like living at home again, applying to jobs, moving out, and the dating life post-grad. We're not starting with the guy debrief, though, this week. That's going to come on here later. But I was at the bar the other day, and a girl I graduated high school with and I were just catching up. And we were talking about the post-grad struggles in life right now. So shout out to her. She helped to inspire this one because I needed this rant today just as much. But into the episode we go. So like I was saying, I don't miss school. I miss different moments and feelings, but I, I can't say like I'm dying to get back to Delaware. I'm really not. Like some of my friends are posting on their private story like, I wish I was in a frat basement right now, like listening to Mr. Brightside. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I cannot relate to that at all. But I do miss like my apartment and food shopping, like doing my own thing, having like a set routine. I need a routine. I need structure, and I don't have any of that. I haven't the whole summer because I'm just working these random jobs, and I miss that. So, like, I'm excited for that. Living at home, too, has just... It's been a lot. I I love my parents. I'm fortunate to have a very good relationship with them. In high school, I didn't as much, but we're close now. But it's just exhausting having to check in with someone constantly. They're always asking where I'm going, what I'm doing, what time I'm going to be back, like, who I'm going out with. And I'm like... I miss not reporting back to anyone. And something else that drives me crazy about living at home, I don't know if anybody else has these, like, weird, you know, things, but I cannot stand dishes in the sink. Like, I hate having a messy kitchen. It just, it drives me crazy, and when the dishes pile up, I actually lose my mind. Like, I put a note on the freaking window 15 different times to wash your own dish, and no one listens, but whatever. I can, I can deal with the dishes. Like, I get to save some money and live at home, but I'm going a little crazy here. Looking for a job, though, has been a struggle. I mentioned, like, in the beginning of the summer that it's a lot more humbling than I thought. I took, honestly, like, a month break. I stopped in, like, July looking, and then I went on vacation. I was just like, I cannot do this anymore, and I'm starting to, like, troll LinkedIn again and just scroll through it, but it's just, it's so, I don't know, it's a lot more difficult than I expected, and finding a job is like dating. I'm not even like the way that people describe it to me. They're like, you, some of them are like, you can't follow up every day. That's just desperate. Like you have to wait for them to like initiate something with you. And I'm like, what are we actually talking about here? Like, this is like talking to a guy. I'm getting advice from someone like, make it seem like you have offers. Like don't put all your eggs in one basket. And it's, it's crazy. Cause they're like, you don't want to come across too desperate, but you also like want to show your, it's literally like dating a guy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I don't even know what I want to do. Like, tomorrow, what's today? Today's Tuesday. So, tomorrow I'm meeting up with my friend, Ben, and he's gonna, like, help me go through my resume and figure out, like... I have, like, two different resumes. I have one for social media marketing and I have one for, like, the science, because I have no idea what the frick I'm doing. I don't know if I want to go into STEM. I don't know if I want to do more, like, market. I have no idea. Um, but if anybody else is struggling and you're getting rejected by a million different jobs, just remember it's not personal. Like, that part I don't, like, really care about, like, getting rejected. I don't know. I mean... It's just, like, remind yourself that they don't know what you could bring to the table, and it's frustrating when half the places are, like, ghosting me. Again, this is, like, a guy. <laughs> and I think what I'm struggling with the most is when I get super excited about, like, reading a job description, and 
I know I'm like such a good employee. I do. I would do so well there. I have a great work ethic and it's frustrating because I'm like, just give me a chance to show you, but I can't even get into contact with anyone like to say this to, but I wish there was a way for some of these jobs where I could be like, give me a month, let me prove myself. And if you don't like me, like don't hire me, but that's just not the way the world works. Unfortunately, if you were in finance or banking, like I'm kind of jealous because those people are a different story. Like I feel like I was seeing people in my grade accepting job offers like fall of our senior year on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is toxic. It's driving me. <laughs> I also took a break from LinkedIn. Now I'm like starting to get on there and like like people stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to see what you guys are up to. But just the job process in general, it's frustrating because I feel like half the time it's just a robot discarding your application. You don't even know if a human actually saw it. Okay, actually, I have a question here. Um, my demographics are all over the place on this podcast, so male, female, whether you're in your 20s or not. Okay, my dog was just going crazy. I had to take a pause. But, okay, so, yeah, I'm getting mixed reviews on whether you can apply for a job you're, like, not fully qualified for or not. Like, on LinkedIn, you know that they have, like, a list of basically ideal qualities and experience in a candidate. Like I've talked to a lot of people, like I have family, friends in HR, like CEOs, professors, people my age. And it's a different story every time. Like some people are like, you can apply to those jobs, even if they, even if you don't think you're qualified because you just never know. While others are like, you can't, because if you get rejected, then in the future, if you apply there again, they could see how many times they rejected you. So why are they going to want someone they already rejected three times? So I have no idea. I'm so confused. I don't know how any of this stuff works, but if anybody has an answer or, like, has any good tips or anything, like, this is a cry for <laughs> help because I'm so lost here. DM me, text me if you have your number, my number, I don't care. But I'm just, like, getting a little bit embarrassed not having it all figured out yet because every adult or, like, person my age, too, they just want to ask, what are your plans? Like, what are you doing? And I'm sitting here like, I don't even have my diploma. My diploma hasn't even come in the mail yet. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. And I'm talking to this older guy. He's 28. He lives in the city. I mentioned him a little bit, but we're not going to get really get into it. But I feel like awkward because we're just at such different stages of life. And I am very mature and can have intellectual conversation, but I'm feeling just a little bit lost that he's 28 living in the city and... I don't even have a diploma yet. I'm living in my parents' house. I mean, I literally just graduated two months ago, but I'm feeling rushed. I'm stressing myself out and there's no reason for that. It's also like, do I accept the first job offer I get? Do I wait to see if I have better options? And everyone always asks me like, why don't you go back to the Jets? And they did offer me full time, but I just don't think that's what I want to go in. And I was looking at other sports teams too and applying and I just like ultimately decided like I didn't want to go through with any of those because... I think I do want to go more, like, I want to use my major, and none of those would really require using my major, so I'm trying to get into, like, product development, food innovation, something like that, but I'd also be happy, like, doing social media for a food company, but basically, I mean, I'm all over the place here, but I'm reminding myself, too, that it's okay to take the extra time and figure out what's going to work best for you, like, it's a hard call, maybe rejecting your first offer and stuff like that, but I think you have to follow your gut and if you think there's something better out there or you think you just need another couple weeks or months to get on your feet, then do that. Like, there's nothing wrong with taking three to six months, I think, to figure yourself out. We're doing this for the rest of our lives. Like, it's okay to take a little longer than maybe other people. And 
I'm trying to give myself grace and patience too, because it's not like I'm sitting on my ass either. Like I'm working a million other jobs. I have multiple sources of income and I actually just purchased yesterday the NASM course to be a personal trainer, like the certification thing. So I think it's a good idea for me to study for that now while I don't have a nine to five, but I was asked to train sports teams like strength and conditioning in the fall. So, I mean, that's like another good fun thing that I can make money doing and it gets me out of my comfort zone a little bit more because I've never done a sports team. I'm like, I have to round up what, like 20 kids and get them to listen to me. Like that's, that's a lot, but I think it could be good and just extra cash. It's something I'm into, but just remind yourself that it all works out as it should. I know it's cliche, but I'm saying that instead of everything happens for a reason, because I feel like that pisses off, pisses people off. But everything works out as it should. I like saying that instead. And if something doesn't work out, it's because something greater is in store. But my background on my phone is 888. That has been it for so long. Like, everyone has their angel numbers. I feel like people usually have, like, 222 or, like, 444. But I like that one because 888 symbolizes balance and everything falling into place as it's meant to. Like, I just like the idea that little things that happen just like have a bigger meaning in the grand scheme. So trust yourself, give yourself grace. There's no reason to rush this in-between phase right now because we're all just figuring it out. And even though this in-between phase is kind of scary, I promise college is not the best four years of our lives. Like it's going to get better. I don't know who decided to make up that mantra, but they were lying. That mantra fucked my head for like three, the first three years of school because I was like, what am I doing wrong that I don't love it here? Like, I don't love school, but that's just never been my vibe. And that's okay. Like, I'm smart and I did well in school, but I didn't enjoy it ever. So when I would manifest or picture my dream life, it'd always be like years out of school with my dream job, living on my own, multiple sources of income, like a healthy relationship with someone that challenges me. And that's all coming. We're just in this middle phase right now. I need to be patient and enjoy the downtime. There's no rush to grow up. It's all in due time. But speaking of moving out, though, because I've always been looking forward to that, and I'm seeing people I graduated with moving out into these fancy city apartments. I would love to move out ASAP. <laughs> I wish that was in the cards for me, but financially, it's absolutely not. And I think the first couple of months I was getting super caught up in hearing about my friends moving out and granted some are older than me, but I was panicking for a hot second. Like, when am I going to move out? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I don't even have a full-time job yet. Like I can't, I have to take <laughs> one step at a time and I don't know what their income is. I don't know if they're receiving help from their parents or what, but I mean, I am jealous for them. I am jealous of them. Like good for them. I just can't afford that right now. And I also know that I don't want to rush myself to move out of the house just because, like, hey, that's what everyone else is doing right now. If I have to live at home for two more years and, like, so be it, I'd rather that than fighting for my life to pay rent and feeling constantly stressed about what I'm going to put money towards. Like, I don't want to live like that yet. And, like, I always see TikToks, too, and it's like, this is, like, your post-grad fridge, and there's, like, nothing in the fridge. Like, I, I can't live like that. <laughs> I need... I want to live well. If I'm going to be moving out, I want to be doing it right. Like, I want to decorate the shit out of my apartment. I don't want to be slumming it. Like, I need to have a substantial amount in the bank before I make a move like that. My friends in Hoboken and the city, their rent is unreal. It could not be me. 
But yeah, so if you're feeling pressured or anxious because you're nowhere near affording living on your own either, then I'm right there with you. Let's not, I mean, let's not start normalizing moving out within a year because that's not realistic or normal at all. I don't think. Like, that shouldn't be. But I have girlfriends like two to three years older than me, too, still living at home. And they have solid jobs and they're just looking now to move out. But I don't think less than them or anything at all for living at home still three years out of school. Like, it's not like they're bums doing nothing. It just makes more sense financially or location-wise for them, like, whatever their situation is to live at home longer. So, like, that's totally valid. If you have a toxic living situation, though, or not a good family environment, then this does not apply to you. You do you. The going out scene, though, is starting to get rough. I mean, Hoboken's usually pretty dead in the summer, but it just has not been hitting the past couple weekends. Like, I've just been there, and I'm like, why did I come out tonight? I should have stayed home. But even Brady's, so I mean, I've only been to Brady's, I think, three times this summer, which is good. That's how I like it. That's how we're going to keep it. If I'm at Brady's, like, October, November, and I'm, like, hanging there during the school year, someone do a mental health <laughs> check-in because there is no reason I should be going to Thursday nights at Brady's anymore. I've always disliked it. I hate the freaking DJ scene, the crowded, the darkness. I don't, I don't like that. I like, I used to like going on Saturdays. I wasn't even 21 when I was going there on a Saturday, but that was, I guess I was just actually excited because I couldn't, I wasn't even legal yet, but... Yeah, I just, the going out scene has been tough lately. I might be doing the city this weekend and meeting someone, but I don't know. I, we, I there got, there's got to be a new bar or something. Like, I went last weekend to say goodbye to all my youngins before they go back to school, and my sister just turned 21 this summer, so now I'm, like, excited because, I mean, we just went out with each other. We did Brady's and then Hoboken last weekend. I think I have one more... Brady's in me because she's not leaving till Saturday so I'm like maybe we'll do one last hurrah and then I can shut down the Brady's debuts but <laughs> I don't know we'll see it's rough like what are we what am I supposed to do all weekends this is the part where I need a boyfriend because I'd rather just sit in and make dinner or do something with him than be getting blacked out every weekend it's just it's getting old. It's getting old quick, and it's literally not even the fall and winter, and that's when I'll literally have nothing to do because it's not even nice out anymore. Speaking of boyfriends, though, I am the manifesting queen, as I've mentioned many times, and I literally manifested my roommate's current boyfriend. She's been, she's been like, saying, like, I'm ready for a boyfriend, and I've been telling her for months, like, you're gonna have a boyfriend by December. I don't know what it was. I just, like, knew it, and I just kept telling her that for months on end. I was like, you're gonna have a boyfriend by December. Like, relax. And she's dating literally the best guy right right now. Like, he treats her so well. I just hard-launched their relationship. She hasn't even posted him yet, and I put it on my story. I asked her first, but I put it on my Snapchat story. Actually, to be exact, I put it on my freaking story three different times because I guess I didn't realize it posted, and I just kept doing the same exact picture. Um... Also, side note on Snapchat, what is this update with the public story? Who thought it would be a good idea to make a public story? Because it's so confusing when I go to post something and I click either the public or like, what is it like private or like, because it's not a private story, it's public or like custom. And the public one goes to literally anybody in that area. So like, I guess anybody in Hoboken could see it because all of these random people are swiping up and messaging me and saying stuff. And all of a sudden I'm like checking my phone on the train ride home and all of these random men are like 
messaging me on Snapchat. I'm like, what the frick is going on here? So yeah, that's a terrible update, Snapchat. We gotta get rid of that. But anyways, now for the dating in my 20s update. We kind of lead right into this. But something that has been coming up for me a bit lately in life and in therapy is the importance of feeling safe or secure with a guy. And there was a recent situation with me and a man where I openly told him I was in an uncomfortable position. I was nervous. I even shared my location with him. None of my friends had been answering me because they were also drunken out. So the guy I was in contact with at the moment, I was basically just like, hey, this is where I'm at right now. I'm drunk and feel uncomfortable sharing my location with you for tonight because it just makes me feel better knowing, like, God forbid, if something happens to me, at least one person knows where I last was. Moral of the story, this man's like, I'm in an Uber right now. Do you want me to get you one? Side note, so I hate Ubering alone. I avoid Ubering at all costs if I can, especially when I'm drunk. That's something I don't think guys will ever relate to, but the anxiety I feel in an Uber by myself is unreal. Like, girls can relate because, especially when you're under the influence and not in the best shape and you're locked in a car with a man you don't know, it's scary. <laughs> like, my parents hate me doing it. They wouldn't let me at all if they had a say, but sometimes I'm desperate and that's my only options. But girls have just been preached to since they were young, like, never get in a car alone with a guy, like, obviously an Uber and stuff like that. Like, always have someone with you. And it's also sad, the fact that when I am in an Uber alone, I pull out a strand of hair and I put my fingerprints on the window so there's DNA in case I get kidnapped. And maybe people think I'm, I mean, maybe guys listening think I'm crazy right now, but I know girls relate. Like, that is just what I've been raised and taught and just from the news and, like, situations and, like, even classes and health. They're just, like, girls need to be careful. Like, always. You're just always on guard. Back to the story. He offers me an Uber. I agree. And then he goes, ghost. I'm sitting on the steps outside a building. My eyes are blurred. I'm staring at the freaking messages waiting for him to tell me when the Uber is coming. I see him typing, and then he stops. Wait a couple more minutes. I call him. He doesn't answer me. And I just knew in my gut feeling because I know this guy and I know how he acts. And I was just like, it's sad, but I was just like, he's going to leave me here. He's going to go with me and fully not help me out. Like he read my message. He knows where I, like, I'm uncomfortable and need help. He's not going to do anything. Which I almost normalized in my head. I was just like, yeah, that's like how he acts. Like I need to figure something out quick so I don't miss my train. And the other problem was that my credit card and debit card got hacked, so I only had cash on me. But I'm telling my therapist what went down, and she's explaining to me how it is not okay in any capacity for a man to do that. Like, go ghost if you tell him you're uncomfortable. Like, she's reminding me how a similar situation happened with this same man back in, like, March, where I told him I was uncomfortable in a situation and wasn't okay with what was going on, and he once again brushed it off, didn't do anything. And he's helped me out in some situations or gotten me home safe, yeah, but it was on his terms when he wanted to or it benefited him. So the lesson here for boys, girls, like whoever is listening, it is not even the bare minimum to make sure your friends get home safe, like whether that's a text to check in, calling them an Uber, or whatever it is. I don't care if you have history with them. I don't care if this is someone you just met who went out of their way to tell you they didn't feel safe. There is no fucking excuse to leave someone hanging when they're drunk. If something happened to them and you knew they reached out to you for help prior, like, you would feel horrible, to put it lightly. 
Like, get your shit together, gentlemen, because my therapist had to give me a wake-up call because I almost justified this man not helping me out. But, like, oh, that's just his character. Like, he's wishy-washy. He doesn't really respond. No. Not okay. On a more positive note, we're going to flip the script here. My ex-boyfriend. So, as I've mentioned many times on here, we're not really on any terms. Not good, not bad. We just don't really bother engaging with one another. We're in the same friend group, but I often go out with other groups and he's got his own stuff going on, so we really don't interact as often. Now, a lot of negative stuff has gone down between us long ago, but what I'm getting at here is that we're just not friends. We don't talk and Something that I do respect, though, is that I know he would never leave me in an unsafe or uncomfortable environment or situation. Something happened a couple weeks ago. We were at the same place. It's probably about 2.30 in the morning. I'm in rough shape, and he's asking me, like, how are you getting home? And I was like, honestly, I have no idea. And he tells me he's going to get me an Uber home, and I said, do you mind tracking it for me? I get really nervous being in Ubers, like, alone. And he was like, yeah, of course. Uber comes, he walks me to the Uber, I text him, thank you later, and that was that, like, I haven't seen him or talked to him since, but again, that is the right thing to do, I respected that a lot, and last summer, something happened in Hoboken, we were in, like, a bigger group, I, it was actually a really random group, I don't even know really why he was there, (laughs) but anyways, something happened, and I got pissed off, like, triggered, so I walk away from the situation before it gets worse, and he follows behind. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm already in a bad mood. And he's like, we don't have to talk. Like, I'm not even going to say that close to you. But like, you cannot be walking in the like Hoboken streets alone. Like, I don't feel comfortable leaving you. And I was like, okay, fine. And I like pulled myself together and then took a breath. <laughs> and I ended up walking back to the group. But that is like a mat- that is the right thing to do. That is how a guy should act with women. So... I respect there's <laughs> I don't want to make him sound like a king here but I like the, the drunk part great thank you um that's a long tangent but the importance was just to talk about there is no reason to not make sure people get home safe especially if they're asking for help now next <laughs> wow we have a lot to talk about here so I don't know what it has been with my drinking lately. Like, is this my old age? (laughs) I'm 22, but still. But my memory has been pretty shoddy. Like, even if I didn't drink as heavily, I mean, sometimes I definitely did. I'm, like, under-exaggerating this. But I'm just trying not to sound so horrible. But my memory has been rough lately. Like, honestly, like, this past couple months. Like, it honestly wasn't really like this at school at all. But... I will, like, wake up in the morning and some things are just blacked out from the night before. Two to three days go by and then I, like, start getting random flashbacks coming back. And then I'm, like, piecing together the whole evening. But I have a very good, or I had, I guess, memory in general. Like, my family is just a known thing. Like, ask Kara, she has a good memory. Like, she'll know. Dates of events, stuff that happened, who was there, what they were wearing. Like, I can tell you those things. But the alcohol is rotting my brain, I guess, because it's taking me longer to bounce back from these nights out. But let me set the scene here. So I have an an interaction with a past man of mine. We have a couple conversations throughout the night that were just not, not fantastic. And I'm walking out of those conversations going home later. And I was like, that energy was off. I'm not feeling great about it. And 
at a later point, it's not the same night now, but I start getting flashbacks again of the conversations, like the stuff he said, comments he made, and I start getting heated. I'm getting mad all over again, remembering our conversation. And this is fully a me problem. I mean, he said some shitty stuff, but I was like, I'm going to make this a him problem now. I didn't really plan out at all how I was going to approach this. I was just like, let me send him a text first and I'll figure this out after. And I sent him a text and he calls me pretty soon after it went through. That was hot. I love when a man actually calls on the phone. I mean, the context of this was definitely not hot, but <laughs> calling or FaceTime is good energy gentlemen. My fiance used to always do that before he got canceled. But anyways, I was so caught off guard by the phone call, I think. So I like picked it up laughing. So I was just like, what the heck are you calling me for? And I think he responded something like, you can't send me a text like that randomly. Because I basically just kind of like said his name in the text. But he was right. Like we don't really text each other unless we're coming for each other's necks. Like <laughs> if he texted me something that wasn't negative or just like anything casual, I'd probably be like, are you okay? Do you have a gun to your head? Like what is wrong? I'm being dramatic here, but like you get the gist of what I'm explaining. It's just not our dynamic to text out of the blue. So once, I mean, once upon a time it was, but now if either of us are texting each other, something's probably going down. So I explained to him exactly what I just said. I was just like, I, I was just like, I'm getting flashbacks of our conversation and it's bothering me. What was that about? Like, why did you say those things? And we kind of talked it through. I mean, we were both under the influence. So the conversation drifted. Wasn't a long call, but then I decided to follow it up and we're going to get into my flirty energy a bit now because I'm ridiculous. So I follow up the call with the text saying like, you're actually fun to talk to and you're not being rude basically. And then I tell him to enjoy his night with the kissy face emoji. <sighs> now, not long after that, I think like an hour or so I text him and I'm like, wake up. <laughs> I literally texted him that because I was just in the mood to talk to him, I guess. None of it really makes sense. None of this is typical for us. I actually don't think I've ever been drunk just wanting to talk either. Like, But I wasn't thinking into anything. Like, If I started to overthink, I definitely wouldn't have reached out, but I guess I wasn't thinking, so I just ended up calling him again. FaceTimed, actually. And he was matching my energy, so it was fine. Like, He wasn't being a dick or short with me, so it was good energy. Like, <laughs> literally the bare minimum here, but yeah, I think we were just bored, so it was fine, laughed a lot, but it was refreshing because I didn't have to be so on, and what I mean by that now is I feel like going out lately has been exhausting for me. I don't know if people relate to having to turn your social battery on, but I am more introverted person. I mean, lately I've been getting more extroverted, but I think if I had to pick one, I think I am more introverted and turning the social battery on. It's like more social outgoing and being present. And lately I've just been like anxious because I'm thinking more about conversations and how I'm presenting myself. You know, the past couple of months I have liked, I mean, the past year or two, I've liked meeting new people and branching out. But lately, like the past couple of weeks, I don't know if I'm just burnt out or what, but I've been looking around me at like social gatherings and I'm just like, what am I doing here? What, like, wh what is going on? Like, I, I don't know. 
But yeah, so I just opted to talk to this man instead. But no anxiety in the morning, even after I read my messages. Because, alright, like I was saying, I was almost obnoxiously flirting with this man. Like, the kiss emoji, I said XO at some point, I made some other comments. I mean, I don't care, but I just can't figure out why I don't care. <laughs> like, I think maybe because it's just light and banter and, like, he's not really boyfriend material, so, like, I don't have anything invested. I'm just comfortable openly flirting. I don't know. I'm spitballing here. I might ask my therapist, like, why I'm so comfortable almost obnoxiously flirting with this person. I mean, I am attracted to the guy. That hasn't changed, but I guess it's just the intentions of the text aren't anything more. Like, there's no hidden meanings. I mean, I still have to make a flirting and banter episode, you guys have been asking, so just the mini lesson here is please do not send obnoxious texts like me if that is not your personality. If you are more reserved or shy and you start sending him kiss emojis and XOs and saying the first thing that comes to your head, like I do, he might be very confused. He might be uncomfortable. And I also kind of act this way in person, so it's not like this is like some random personality over text, but... His responses too, like he just, it seemed like he knew what was up. He knew I was playing around. I mean, I hope he knows that. Maybe he was eating it up the whole time, letting it get to his head. But <laughs> I'll ask him the next time I run into him drunk. But I think he does overall know me better than that. And if I'm, if I was into, a, or like when I am into a guy, I will be more subtle than emojis and hugs and kisses and blowing up the freaking man's phone with FaceTimes. Like, I would not be doing that if this was with someone I was interested in a relationship or future with because that's channeling Andy Anderson energy. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I just had a conversation. That's my favorite movie ever. If you haven't watched that, that's like my comfort movie for when I'm hungover in bed. Another flirting mini lesson. Actually, this isn't even really flirting, but I make it a point lately to compliment guys. I'm not saying this to like, I'm not like complimenting them to get in their pants. Like, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. Like, if I see a guy's, like, outfit I like, or, like, he has a nice haircut or something, like, I'll tell him, like, oh, I like your shirt, like, oh, your hair looks good, or, like, I like your haircut. Like, I don't think guys get complimented enough, so I've just been <laughs> doing that lately, too. I mean, if you're into the guy, too, that's a good way to get in there, but I just think it's important to do compliments as well. I mean, guys don't really get them as often as girls do, so... Even with my guy friends, I'm like, oh, you look good tonight. Like, oh, you look hot tonight. <laughs> I guess it's just another example of my personality and how I just, like, I just say those things casually. I don't think it takes the, any weight away from them. I still mean it. <laughs> I just don't have another motive. I just say it because it's true. But back to the really bold messages of mine. Like, I, like I wouldn't do that with someone I was trying to pursue something with. And I think he's also my only situationship I can joke with like that. Like, yeah, there was a history. I'm attracted to you, but this is never going anywhere so I can get away with just being out of pocket. <laughs> like, it's lighthearted. It wasn't mean or anything. I'm just flirting. Anyways, I guess there's also, like, the factor that he doesn't really know me. Like, he knows my social butterfly going out under the influence personality, which is me maybe two days of the week for a couple hours. But I honestly don't think he understands me at a deeper level. Like, I feel like I have a better idea of him because I ask those hard-hitting questions the first time I meet a guy, but I don't believe, honestly, he knows me in the same capacity, so I think that plays a role, too, in me being more lax about it. I don't know. And then the evening, it just ended with me and my guy friend unpacking love languages. I was trying to explain to him 
the five love languages, the different attachment styles, like anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, all of those. He was not buying any of it. He's like, you're making this stuff up. And I was like trying to explain to him therapy and just like all the self-work and like how you have to know your love language to be in a good relationship so you know how to like better... Now, I don't know how to explain it right now. I'm, I was explaining it well on Saturday. But, like, better treat your partner. Like, understand how they show love without saying it. And understand how you can show love to them. Like, how they best will, I guess, understand it. I, I'll make a whole episode about love languages because I love this stuff. But <laughs> we talked about the entire train home. And then we got food after. And then I was still not letting him go until he could find out his love language. I made him take a quiz on it. Um, but I think I'm going to make that, maybe that will be the next episode because I have a book on it. I've been doing a lot of stuff <laughs> looking into it. It's very interesting and it's definitely important to talk about the different attachment styles because that also helps you better understand your partner and why they might handle conflict a certain way. And I've been doing really well in having a secure attachment, I think, in a lot of situations with guys, so I think it'd be a good learning experience episode. So that will be to come. Oh, also from this weekend, so I dropped a thirst trap Sunday evening with a controversial caption, text me when you see this. That is literally the caption of it. And I'm knowing that it's literally about no one yet everyone, like there's absolutely nobody in mind, but I know people are just gonna see that and make assumptions anyways, but my toxic situationship, he liked it. Like, I saw it when it first came up. And then 24 hours later, I guess he decided to unlike it and relike it again because it notified me. So, that was a little calculated move by him, I'm sure. I mean, it worked. I saw his name pop up twice. But, oh wait, something else from recently. And I guess this has to go with, this is from Brady's, but also um, with the safety thing we were kind of talking about. And this has happened twice like the both times I were I was there this month where these guys were just like coming up I don't even know what they were saying really and they're just like being like very pushy and like standing very close to me I was getting uncomfortable like my body language they were just not picking up like I was putting my back to them and I was like kept stepping like away from them and at one point like do you have a boyfriend and I'm not going to say no because they're already being a lot. So I just point, I knew there were guys, like a group of guys behind me. So I point, I'm like, yeah, it's one of them. And I look to see, and it is my ex-boyfriend, my ex-situationship. And then this like other guy that I'm like friendly with. And <laughs> I mean, both the situationship and the ex were just like, they looked so awkward. They're just, uh, it was a rough situation. The other guy's just cracking up and he's like, holy God. So that was just an awkward moment. Um, and then the guy, like, thank God, he, like, actually stepped up and he was, like, stayed, stood by me for a second. But that's happened before, too, where guys are just, like, and this happened again last weekend. And I was like, oh, this is my boyfriend. Pointed to another guy I was with. They're probably like, who, this girl's a hoe. She has a different boyfriend every week. But I also do that when I'm walking home or in an Uber. Like, if I if I'm walking and I see, like, a group of guys or, like, Guys, I hate, like, when guys catcall and, like, you know you're drunk and alone. I hate... Those are bad situations. So I'll, like, pretend I'm on the phone. I'm either talking to someone, like, my friend or actually a guy or something. And if they, like, say something, I'm just like, I'm like oh, I'm talking to my boyfriend. Um, or when I'm in Ubers and if I'm in Uber alone, I, like, have my sister or my friend call me. And 
um i'll just be like oh like tell my boyfriend i'll be there in like five minutes and stuff like that i don't know why it just makes me feel safer knowing there's if someone if they think there's a guy a male that can protect me even though there's not it's just me but yeah I guess that's also my safety tip I'll just like say that um it's not like these freaking guys care I'm just making up a boyfriend yeah wow we really got through a lot in today's episode maybe I'll see you guys for one last Brady's this Thursday Um, and I still have to update you guys on the city man but we'll see he has a chance at redemption for this weekend Otherwise, he's getting the the boot because it's boyfriend season soon, <laughs> and we're making some some cuts around here. But thank you guys for listening to my post grad life rant. I guess this is just like a brain dump, but I hope it made you feel a little bit better too because I know I've been kind of going a little bit crazy. Um, and let me know what other topics you want to hear, or if you have any advice on this post grad stage because. I know I could use it as well. So thank you for listening and I will talk to you guys next episode.